business. Like, you know, if you want to do this as a real business, I'll give you all of our contracts. And so I left the office and I called my insurance agent. I want to got a license and that's how it started. Mm. So it's really accidental. It wasn't something that I had envisioned or planned or thought about anything like that. Right. So so did you come from a family of entrepreneurs growing up or how, how was your childhood when you, when you came up? Yes. So um, long line of entrepreneurs. My grandmother owned a beauty shop for 30 years. My mother worked there for a long time with her. My grandfather was a carpenter. He um, built so many neighborhoods surrounding the areas that we grew up in versus, and also he traveled. Um, my uncles, um, one of them owned a car auto shop. Hmm. My brothers own a, one of them um, is a roofer. So he owns LA, ALA roofing and he also owns a construction company. My other brother has two uh, tractor trailers that he have on the road hmm. and then the other one owns a car lot. So entrepreneurship is just kind of in our blood. That's all right. we knew growing so, up. So that you automatically knew just seeing that growing up that you knew that was the path you were going to take also or how, how was it for you? Uh, well, let me go back and say too. My father owns a heating air business in Montgomery, Alabama. So, because okay. I'm from Alabama. Okay. Right. So, I knew that. Um, I didn't. I knew I didn't want to do hair because that was just our family thing. Like you, you know, you go to school, do hair, you are gonna get the beauty shop. So I knew right. it wasn't that. But I also knew I wasn't gonna work for somebody forever. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. But I just knew that I was going to do something. Mm-hmm. So, so I know you said you were from Alabama. How did you end up coming to Tennessee? <laughs> so, okay. So I was born and raised in Tennessee, Alabama. It's right across the bridge from Columbus, Georgia. So basically, I lived in both of them. Um, I was working for a finance company, and we had an opportunity. Um, they have a branch up here that was broke, and I was I had rose up pretty good through the ranks there. And it was just like, well, you're the fixer. So they told me if I can come up here and fix it, I'll see you up there for a few months to see if you can fix it. And I came and I stayed. Mm. So. so prior, so prior to this, um, I, I know you say you're doing something else. What, what kind of uh, work? background of work did you have like before leading into this also what else accounting just accounting. Uh, internal auditing finance okay. did you um was there anybody uh kind of like mentors for you um growing up like who were your mentors that kind of shaped you into what you were doing oh god i've had so many of them you know like i, I mean to be honest i learned a lot from my grandmother because my grandmother um also my mom but my grandmother started from a young age with me Sitting, you know, on Saturdays with her books and adding up all the expenses and adding up all, you know, the income. And so at the end of the, you know, Saturdays, I had to tell her what her profit was. And then, you know, mm. give you out the money to pay the, you know, the supply guy, pay the, you know, the rent and all that kind of stuff. So I really looked up to her because my grandmother, um, for her to own a business, she initially didn't have a high school education. Mm-hmm. She went back later on in her 40s and got her GED and then went to beauty school and stuff like that. You know, they came up working in paper mills and stuff like that. Right. But my mom had me in so many organizations. One of my biggest mentors is Tim Marshall. He used to run the um, direct center. Okay. And I've always been like so quiet and just like to read books and stuff. So I used to be at the rec center. My brothers would be playing and I would always be in his office ducked off reading a book or something like that. But he, he was just kind of like a, a, I guess like foster dad or something like that. Like, I mean, I had, my father was gone for a while, but he just kind of filled the gaps like a big uncle and stuff. So he's just like taught me stuff. He took me to all different places with him. My mom had me in so many organizations. I was always, you know, around people. Right. Well, did you? Was it ever a particular moment for you where you said, uh, "I know you say you still work having nine to five and you're making that transition and you're doing a great job, by the way"? Um, was there any other particular moment where you started? I would say, okay, entrepreneurship is definitely the route for me. So about maybe two, three years ago, I was sitting at my desk. I had just got another degree, and um, it just kind of I, I was I lost the passion. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just wasn't interested in it. And I, I was searching for something. So that's why I went back to school and I thought that would fulfill it. And it did fulfill it. Right. And, and I don't know. I was just sitting there looking at the asphalt and I was just like, something's got to change. So when this opportunity, it went from me just joking, like, I'm going to make this little extra money to the first contract to the second contract. And that just told me, like, this is what you want to do. Right. This is what you're going to do for you, for your family. This is how you're going to have something lead to your kids. So even though I'm still working there right now. Right. <laughs> we all know that, you know, that's not going to be how the story ends. But it's not, absolutely nothing right. wrong with that. It's, it's like it's a process. But I think it's something to be said because it's, to me, I always say it's always more fulfilling when you're doing something that you want to do. Um, even if you don't want to start your own business, I would still always say find something that you're passionate, passionate about. about. Yeah, right. Because if not, like you say, you're going to wake up and just regret doing it. And I think a lot of times some people settle for the money. They want to play it safe for different reasons. But I think it's always best to like do what you want to do because at the end of the day, it'll feel more rewarding. But we, we choose an entrepreneurship path. I mean, it's definitely not easy. Right. Um, to me, in my opinion, it's actually harder than working a nine to five because when you work a nine to five, you have that structure. Correct. It is extremely hard. And one of the reasons why I'm still working is because, you know, most uh, small businesses fail within like the first three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. So it does give me, not necessarily just because I'm scared, because I'm not afraid. I, you know, yeah. I bet it all on my business. But, you know, the first couple of years, you know, that's where a lot of your biggest expenses come out of because you're, you're building. So I bought two vans and stuff like that, that, you know, in the next couple of years, I don't have to worry about that. So because I have people that rely on me for their income. I keep my income coming in so right. that if something happens and like a check doesn't come in from a client, I have income that can, you know, supplement that to make sure they still get paid. Because I don't I don't play about that. That That's something that I think the first time I ran my payroll, I cried because that was big to mm-hmm. me that here I was able to hire people and give people an opportunity and give them a way, you know, to take care of their family and stuff. So I don't play about payroll. So it just gives me an extra cushion that I know that I'm fine so that I know they're fine. Mm-hmm. And stuff, so. How how was that for you? Because I know we had Ben Hall on Monday, this past Monday, and he summed it up as pressure, but good pressure, knowing that people's livelihoods were dependent on him. He was like, it doesn't matter what he has going on at the end of that week, that following week, they want their paycheck. So how, how is it? How would you say it's for you knowing that some people, I guess, their livelihoods are, are dependent on you um, taking care of them, working for you? I would say I, I have to agree with them. And also what I'll say is that it makes me grind harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always hungry. I, I don't... Um, I'm as excited about the contract 2005 as I was about the first contract, you know, and then um, I went from having three people. So now we got 25 plus. That's amazing to me. And one of the things that I do and I set aside to is that for our community, I hire people that are deemed unhirable. You know, mm-hmm. you may have had a run in, you know, with the law and somebody else don't want to hire you. I'm going to give you a chance. You know, exactly. there are certain crimes I can't allow because, you know, we have to make sure that our clients confidentiality and there has to be a trust factor and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I take pride in that because I know that a lot of times people close the doors on our people or not just even people of color because they've had a run in and they don't want to give them an opportunity. So I'm real prideful of that. That's one of the things that you know, I kind of stand on is that, you know, I give opportunities to people that some people don't want to, you know, like me having vans for a clean company. Some people do and some don't. They make the other people, you know, drive themselves. Well, one of the reasons I was having issues at first was people didn't have transportation. Right. Well, we knocked that out. Now mm-hmm. you don't even have to worry about getting back and forth to work. You got it. You know, right. I didn't want to have any roadblocks from anybody being able to come to work and provide for their family, put food on the table, take care of what they need to take care of. Absolutely. That's great. What, what would you say is the hardest part of entrepreneurship for you? 
you have to do everything. Like I can't turn my mind off, you know? So this year I've been really working hard and focusing hard on work-life balance, which is still going to take me some time because I'm a full-time mom, full-time worker, full-time business owner. Mm -hmm. I'm finishing up my master's. So it's like I'm being pulled in all different directions. So I think like just in the last, during COVID, I found times where I just shut down. Because, like, I see alert on my phone. I know it's business. I want to instantly answer because I don't want anybody to feel like they're waiting. I don't want to that. But I found, like, Fridays, we shut down. It's family time. It's even on, you know, in the evenings. We I had to get to a point where phone is off, shut down. Now, the only exception is, is that my third shift group, if they're working, I'm always going to be available to them. But, you know, just answering client calls and stuff like that, I really had to implement these on my office hours. My office hours is nine to five. Right. So that, because that's one of the hardest things is just trying to find a way to not always be on. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I I can agree with you on that. that to me, um, it's, it's hard, man. You just, even when I'm spending time with my family, sometimes I'm trying to get back to the grind. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, man, I want to, like, what's next? Like, what interview is next? What are we going to next? And sometimes I try to, like, Take a step back, and you know it's, it's okay to relax and spend time with your family. But COVID did for us; it did kind of slow things down a little bit. Um, we haven't been, we didn't have a chance to do as many interviews. But then it was like, you know, at some point we got to just take the necessary precautions. But then we just can't let it just stop us Chill, completely. Right. Yeah, we, right. we still have to keep going, and and thankfully we're still going. But like you said, it's a lot of businesses that are shutting down and not coming back. Like I seen one in our area yesterday; it was on the news that. I think they were around for a little while, but now they're done like completely just because of everything, like the ramifications with the virus and everything. Right. Kinda, it kind of hurt them. But I, I would think for you guys, um, business would be great because of COVID. I guess people would be more uh, taking more precautions and want to be clean. So how, how has COVID impacted your business? So the initially we had an impact because, you know, it was scary. Nobody wanted anybody anywhere in their mm-hmm. space. So, like, initially when they, our, we did a shutdown in the city. I lost all the residential clients. Everybody was like, no, you know, we're sheltering their place. Don't come in. And then, like, a lot of my commercial clients stopped as well because nobody was coming into work. Everybody was working from home, so right. there's no need to clean. And then, um, it's crazy because I said this before, in April, we had two events that happened. We had a tornado, and um, there was something else that happened. And property management just start calling because the tornado had so many people displaced that people were trying to find places to move into and to rent. And after that happened, we have not slowed down since then because then people start coming back to work. So then now it increased like I might do an office twice a week. Now they want it five days a week, right. you know, and then people start getting more careful that, that you know, come in, sanitize our house. We've done so many deep cleanings and disinfecting cleanings and COVID cleaning. I picked up so many more commercial clients because they want us to come in and make sure it's sanitized and fixed or They've had some kind of exposure, so they need somebody to come in and, you know, clean up after that so they Mm -hmm. can open back up. So it has been insane. (laughs) Initially, it was a slowdown, but since then, it's been insane. Right. So what do you you try to do to uh, – let me ask this also. Like, what are your hours like as far as – I know you said, like, office hours are 9 to 5, but is your crew – are they working, like, 24-7? Like, how – No, no, no. So most – okay, so my buildings at night. They can come in at any time. They just have to have it clean before 7 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I don't really set their times because a lot of them have jobs in the in the daytime that they work, just work at night. But then my daytime crew works from 8.30 to about 5, 5.30. Mm-hmm. And so the last job is completed. Okay. What do you try to, uh, what do you anticipate from this industry going forward? Because one of the things I think, of course, people want to keep these businesses clean. But also I look at the other side where I think from this, like, 
a lot of a lot of places are doing like Zoom meetings, so mm-hmm. maybe they may not need that office space anymore. So what do you anticipate kind of like going forward? Like, would they still need that cleaning, even though they may not use that office space anymore? Like, what do you anticipate? Well, let me go back to that last question for just a second. We don't work on weekends. Okay. That's one thing that I kind of like set in stone. I feel like, you know, regardless of what the job is, everybody needs to have a balance and need mm-hmm. to have time off. And I know that, you know, when I started my business, some people looked at me like that was just crazy that I wouldn't. But, you know, they grind for me all week. They deserve to have, you know, time for their right. family, time for their faith, time to just relax and regrind. Now, as far as that is, we've had some, and even this building that are just on Zooms. But they do have one or two that still come to the office, so they still want it clean. Right. Or the person that's facilitating the Zoom might come into the office. Because, like, there are some people that just do not want to work from home. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because right. our generation is like, that's all I want to do. Right. Chill, <laughs> but, watch TV or something. Yeah. But there's some generations, like, you know, that are like, no, they just feel like you're not working unless you're actually in the brick and mortar. And so because of that, if one person or two people come in, it has to be clean because they could be contaminated. So once they pick back up, Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, they've increased the cleaners. Right. I don't see it going down. I wouldn't have a problem at all working from home. <laughs> now, now doing the interviews, um, we had one one lady. She I think she was here also in Chattanooga, but she had a newborn, um, and she didn't want to take that risk, which I completely understand. But as far as like interviews, to me, um, like I watch a lot of interviews, like even the Breakfast Club. Like I watch, I like having. To me, it doesn't have that same effect if you're not sitting there face to face having that right. interaction. So that's one thing I love about interviews is because like. I like to just sit down with a person, take the time to get to know them and build that relationship. Right. But when you do the them, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because when you when you do them, the virtual is just like it, it just doesn't have that same feeling. It's like okay, you, you talk for a few minutes, then you hang up and boom, that's or it. Or it's buffering. Or right. Something yeah, like it's that. always kind of some kind of some kind of issues yep. or something like that. Wi-Fi drop. Right. Exactly. Right. So, some things you just have to do in person. Yeah. Because exactly. when I started, I think I did a doctor's uh, appointment virtual, and I'm sitting there like. Like I'm paying you for nothing. Exactly. Right. Like, how, how can they really get a feel for what you <laughs> right. really need if, if they're not? They can't. I gotta see take you. my own blood pressure. Like it just that's, felt weird. Yeah. So. And I, I hope we don't get to a place to where it's like we don't we get used to like not having that human contact. Right. Like, right. It's just we just in these little spaces, and it seems like it's some things are going that way already. I just hope we don't completely get that way because I still feel like we still need to. You have to interact with people some kind of way. I'll tell you, we've been, my company had been working from home since, since March. Um, I'm personally fine with it because I'm one, I'm a person that just self-starter, self-motivated, you know, but what I will say is that I do know just personally that there was some, um, just emotional and just, you know, you know, uh, what's the other word? That human contact, even if I don't like talking to people at the coffee pot, at least, mm-hmm. you know, you're used to saying, hey, how you doing? Right. Versus you just in your house and you got Kevin fever because you're not talking to somebody, you know. So just human in- interaction. It's just human nature that you want to at least speak to somebody. So, you know, it, I, I, at some point we have to come back. Right? I, I hope so. Right. Because for me, it's not necessarily the contact at work. I miss going out to eat. Yeah, anything. I, I mean, we're eating, but we're picking it up. But, you know, me yeah. and my friends, we like to go order all the appetizers and order right. all the food. You just can't do that now. And one of the, not comfortable. One of the weirdest things about eating is they'll tell you, like, where we are. I don't know how it is here. Like, they'll tell you, you have to wear your mask when you come in. Uh-huh. But when you sit down, you, you take t- it off. Like, what, what's the point? That so, don't even make right. sense. So to get past the hostess saying I have to have this mask on. But now I'm just talking and eating and doing whatever I want without it. Exactly. Right. So that's, that's more so the part for me. And they're like... You know, with my family, we, we do vacations big and we couldn't do our vacation this year. Right. Like, you know, and that 
My husband works hard. My kids, I got my two older kids work, you know, so that's our time to just go somewhere and relax and don't do anything. And we didn't get to do that. Even the six-year-old was like, we didn't go to Florida this year because, right. you know, of the issues. Yeah. What What do you teach your your kids? Are you trying to, I know you don't want to force anything on them, but are you trying to show them the entrepreneur route or how is it for them right now? Okay. So one of the things that me and their father just have always drilled in them is just a strong work ethic just working, integrity, you know, not being lazy. So it's crazy mm-hmm. because my oldest was going to UTK. He um, um, majored in engineering and then COVID came. And then all of a sudden, like now he's on this Forex stuff. Crazy. I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. Google it. And that, but I'm just proud of him for taking initiative to, to do something. Cause like mm-hmm. he's, I don't even know what some of the stuff is that when he gets, um, when they like, highlight him and say, you know, congratulations on this level. I don't know what I'm congratulating on. I'm just proud that he took the initiative. And I seen, you know, somebody was just kind of like chilling, watching TV all the time. So now he's in the books. He's got his laptop and the stocks going and he's got the iPad and stuff. And I'm so just proud of that. And to him, that's entrepreneurship. And he's like, I'm never going to work for anybody. Right. You know, once I get get this down pat, I'm going to get these stocks done. I'm not going to work. A 16-year-old, I mean, as soon as he turned 16, he got a job. So mm-hmm. they just, all they see us do is work. And that's what they're going to do. Now, baby boy, the cleaning company is his. He'll say, like, we pull up. He's like, we're dropping off payroll. Because in his mind, you know, when you get old, wow. this is my business. And that's just kind of something that I'm like, this is yours. You know, I got him a shirt that says, Mini CEO, this is yours. Right. This is what we do. So he see me writing out the checks and we go drop them off or we go run up. Like yesterday, we went and took supplies to the employees. So he, like, lifts his window down and he knows their name. He's like, hey, Miss Toya, we got something for you. So that's what so I'm embedding in him now. Like, right. you know, you can have your own. You don't have to go to work. You know, you don't have to go to school. Like I used right. to, when my husband used to say that, I'm like, don't tell them not to go to college, but they don't. They can go get a trade and make just as much as they can do with a degree with less yeah, debt. So we just kind of have like a whole policy, like you can do whatever you want to do, but you're going to do something. Yeah, I promise. When you say that about education, <laughs> I, I wanted to jump out my seat because I know exactly what you're saying. Because sometimes when I look back now, I'm like, man, why did I spend so much money going to college? And I and I, I know it's a great thing. I, I, education is always great if you can afford it, but it's just so expensive. and oh, it, it puts you in so much debt. That's the problem I have with it. I, I just feel like it's like a whole big, uh, like a big scam sometimes. Of it course, it is because you get sixty, seventy thousand dollars debt to go to a job that wants to start you off at thirty five thousand. You can't even afford the student exactly. loans. Exactly, don't even make sense. Right. And it's, it's no way to wipe away their debt. It has to be paid off. It has to be paid. You gonna pay? Yeah. Oh One yeah. Way or the other. It, Unless I, you get into a field that has forgiveness. Yeah, like a teacher or something. Right. Sometimes you have to, if you work in one of the lower income areas. Nursing or something like that, yeah, right. like they'll forgive it. But to me, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I want to. For my for my kids, I always say, I, for them, I want them to know. If they want to go, that's fine. But make sure you know what you want to go for. And uh, I just, part of me is just like, I won't be mad if they don't want to go because I don't want them to go through the same stuff. But I went through right. trying to pay back these loans because it's, it, it's rough. Tell, like I tell anybody, but make sure if you go and know what you're going for, because if not, you're just wasting time and money. money. Don't and go in and spend two years and change your major. Got to start all over again. and all Exactly. Because I, I see people I started with a lot of I remember my RA, he told me at the very beginning. So, you know, a lot of these people you hear with now, they won't even be back next year, let alone they won't even come back second semester. Right. And a lot of them just didn't even come back. But it's it's just like, I don't know. School, that's, that's one thing that just. Uh, aggravates me sometimes just just thinking about it like man i still got this much in student loans and it's like then then it comes to a point where it feels like you're obligated to, you know work a job that you hate just because to you have to, just because right. you have to pay these bills so it's stressful but 
I love the fact that you're giving your kids that exposure to where if they want to go to school, they can. If they want to get a job, they can. Yeah, if they the military, they can. Military. Take a trade. Absolutely. Just gonna do something. Entrepreneurship, and it's something that that you you you're gonna pass down to them because a lot of times in in our community we we don't have things that we we can pass down. Correct. It's most of the time it's always like we grow we grow up we see our parents go to work for somebody else. So then it's like, okay, we go to school and then we go to work for somebody else. And then after that, then we just hang it up. We don't do things that create generational wealth. Nope. We just, you know, scratch and survive just to get by. So that's one of the things that, like, has been embedded in me from, like, my upbringing. Like, when I have my children, when this happens, this is not going to happen. We're not going to pay bills when Mm. we get paid. Like, all my stuff is on auto pay. Because that's not something I saw growing up. Because it was just like, hold on, let me make an extension on this. Let me call them and see if I can get seven days. Mm-hmm. So I, that's something that I kind of instilled in them too. Like, you know, you know, good credit, budgeting, money mm-hmm. management, not having bad money habits. Now, they see me splurge, but I work hard so I can play hard. Right. So, so they so they already know. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. not like you just, just blowing money and no, not even work. Because, like, you know, little boy's talking about something. He wants some, some Gucci shoes, but he also know all the bills paid. Right, you know, exactly. Ain't nobody's, you know, we got life insurance plans. They all got college, you know, funds. We got 401k plans. We got saving plans, mm-hmm. you know. So there's all that is instilled into them. It's not like, oh, you get your check and go run them. And that's right. one of the things my husband is big on, like, was telling the boys, because, like, both of them work now. He's like, okay, so what you going to do? Where's your tithes coming out at? Where, where's this? Where's that? So you're not going to just trick off your whole check. Exactly. And there's a lot of times, like, our communities, back to our community is one of those things where we'll rather look rich then yeah exactly and i remember uh it was i seen something in the interview i think they they, they pulled a quote from trick data we said if you have to look in your closet and you have more money invested in your closet than you do in your bank account you say you're a fool and that was so true because a lot of times we'll the newest shoes outfits everything we'll invest more in that than we will than you know saving up and investing in our own self right. and our business and stuff but it's definitely something we have to to work on but it's all about too is you know educating because our our parents and the parents before that they didn't know mm-hmm. they didn't know That's the importance true. of credit and the importance of you know budgeting and living within your means and stuff like that so that's one of the things that you know we, i've been doing from the beginning mm-hmm. and then in school also for us like we we say this all the time like they didn't really teach us about entrepreneurship oh no we never really knew anything about it uh like i, I had an uncle i said told the story before on the, on the podcast that he he cut grass. He he had a business. He he used to work at uh, Michelin, and then he um ended up having his own business. But um, I never really paid attention to it for a while. But I knew he he would just cut grass on the side or whatever. And I always said my uncle cut grass. I never knew like he actually had his own. That's his business. Yeah, that's right, his actual business. Right. And I knew he had money, like a lot. He had a lot of money, but he had his own business. And then it got to a point where that's what he did full time. But uh, but I never really heard of like entrepreneurship was taught entrepreneurship i just knew my parents like they worked for someone else and i knew they want they always wanted the best for me and i felt like after high school i was supposed to go to college and then after that get a job and then just find someone with great benefits and just stay, stay there until you retire till i retire yeah. but it just got to a point where i was just like you know what this is just don't make sense like i was working trying to pay back those loans i was working two jobs and then we just like I was work maybe like 13, 14 hours a day. And all I'm doing is just paying bills, paying bills. And I, you know, something something gotta give. Like I I don't I don't see how people just do this for like forever, like until they die or whatever, or retire. And I was like, something just gotta give. So I eventually just let one of them go. But it's just like 
I, I don't want, I want to show my kids the same way. It's like, you can create your own opportunity. You don't necessarily have to do this. You don't have to do interviews. If you want to get a job, you can do it, get a job. But just do what do what you have a passion for and then definitely invest in yourself. Correct. But that's something um, a lot of times we just follow the norm. But why is it that you think, I want to ask you, that you think we, we get so comfortable that we don't step out of our comfort zones? Well, some... At some point, I feel like some of it has to do with conditions, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember my grandmother um, talking to my my aunts and my uncles because I had two aunts, two uncles and their spouses that worked at the cotton mill because that was a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, you made some good money and I mean, they 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 live good. So the, you get on at the meal, you get on at the paper meal. That's where you stay till you retire because that's just that's what you did. So it was like, OK. You got responsibility. You need to take care of your responsibility. Get that good job. Even though they're working 12 hours, tired, coming out, broke down. But, I mean, growing up, I see, like, my auntie, they they always had the newest cars, mm-hmm. you know, nice places because they made good money. But then the industry changed, and then the mills closed down. Mm-hmm. And so Swift Mill, that was big in Columbus, the biggest employer, they decided to go to Mexico, you know. My uncle was kept on to go to Mexico to train the new workers. But then me, I mean, I mean uh, me, Swift had to send my aunt and my other uncle to school to re-educate them in another field mm-hmm. because that was one of the agreements of them leaving. So I think it's a condition. You get somewhere, you get a good job, you make some good money, take care of your family. <coughs> Excuse me. It's condition. Mm-hmm. And then entrepreneurship is risky. It's risky. So I think that a lot of it is just that don't go somewhere. You and I gonna be able to take care of your family. Don't 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 bet this. Don't risk this. That's probably why your uncle did it on the side, mm-hmm. versus like going all in. And so he saw himself be able to support it. Mm-hmm. And he know everybody. Like he he can't go nowhere without. Mm-hmm. I remember we we used to try to cut grass for him on weekends sometimes. Like he would just give us just keep some money in our pocket. We'd go with him. But like I guess just doing that, having his own business. <coughs> like he met so many people. Like he would just. If you go to a gas station, you sit at a light. He knows everybody knows. Ev- but it's one of the things I love about entrepreneurship is like that interaction. And if you do a gr- if you do great work, more and more doors are, are open uh-huh. up for you, and then people will be willing to uh, let you do some work for them or anything. Like that's what I love about entrepreneurship is just those the relationships that you can build, and it's just one of I, I enjoy that the most. But it's um, tell me something else I want to know about entrepreneurship for you. What would you say is like your favorite part about it? Employment. Payroll. Payroll. I know it sounds crazy, but payroll is, I, I love it. Even though it stresses me, it used to stress me out. Especially the first two years. I used to be stressed out almost every before every Friday. But payroll, because it's just the, I feel like I've accomplished something. I feel like, you know, God has given me a gift and is able, it, excuse me, it's enabling me to help others. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite part. And then, you know, you have the fun stuff like winning the best of the best. And I won the uh, BEC Award, which is um, a Chattanooga Award. It's called the Black Excellence Award to highlight Black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. So today, right before we came in here, I found out that I was nominated for the second year. Congratulations. But the favorite part probably is, you know, the payroll part. I know that sounds crazy or maybe cliche, but I really do take pride in when I send out my payroll. Is it hard for you to manage, like, different personalities in a business? Because, you know, everybody... Everybody doesn't come from the same background. Everybody has something going on in life. Is it hard for you to kind of like manage those personalities from time to time? No. 
when I moved up here in the finance company, I um, was promoted to a regional supervisor, right? So I was like 22. Everybody that worked for me was older than me. So I had mm. seven, eight branches, 60 employees. So there was plenty of days that I felt like I was like a principal because you had all these little arguments about just crazy stuff. But I've always kind of had like a very um, direct um, personality. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I guess, just get straight to the point. So, you know, the finance company kind of like sent us to like leadership classes and stuff to try to keep. But no, I, I don't have any problems at all with the different personalities. Like, I just... These are the rules. This is what we have to do. This right. is what has to happen. Let's stick to the facts, and that's just it. So that right. that that's it's crazy because my master's is in leadership, mm. and also from juggling all those personalities, you learn that you can't lead everybody the same way. And one of the things that I'm really big on is them not. I'm not the boss. See, people don't want to work for people that's just their boss. They know right. I'll get in the clean with them. Right. You know, I don't just talk to them like, you know, do this because I say it. You know, you know, well, how do you feel about this? Like, none of my employees ever will tell you that they feel like they can't come to me about something. Mm -hmm. If they go somewhere that they don't feel safe and they call me, leave. You know, because it's not like you're going to do it because I say to do it. You know, and I don't, I don't coach them. I feel like I'm a coach more so than that. I don't coach them the same way because this person might not need what this person needs. So right. the main thing is getting to know who's working for you, knowing who your teammates are and get in with that. Mm -hmm. But in it, they all, I've worked with clean with all of them. Right. Like I've had, you know, incidents when somebody got sick and I got a team over at a 6,000 square foot house and I'm clocking out at my job and putting on some tennis shoes right. and go clean with them. And I think that builds, you know, relationships. So they know that, Okay, like there's never a time they call me or text me that I'm not available to them, especially if they're on a job site, because mm -hmm. it shouldn't be like that, because anything could happen. But I've worked for people that, you know, I, I'm supposed to be there at six, seven o'clock at night. They gone. Right. <laughs> I can't reach them and tell them it's an emergency or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I learned from that supervision position that I knew I definitely was not going to take into whatever I was doing. Right. Because I had a lot of bad taste left over from that. Right. Like, do as I say, but don't do what I do. Like, you know, you got all these vacation days, but you really can't take them. But I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Don't call my phone. Exactly. So I'm not like that. And I think that's important that you do that also because it's so, it lets them appreciate it more that you're willing to get down and work with them. And well, for me, um, I don't, when people come work with my, my camera guy, Calvin, I, I never want anybody, period, like as we continue to grow. I I don't want them to use the term boss because I don't because I don't own you like I'm working with you we, we work together we're right. a team like I for me I don't want them to call me a boss because I, I don't want them to feel like I own them or I'm standing over them like because we're at the same time we're all learning together right like, I, I'm not an expert at this I'm still learning and growing so I don't want them to, to call me a boss and make it feel like I I run them or I'm controlling them and they don't have the freedom to do what they want to do like we we're learning we're growing um. You can teach me something. I can still teach you something at the same time, but just that term. But a lot of time when you work for somebody else, um, they feel like they that that term can get to their head. Like they like they run you. They want to stand over you and, and micromanage, and you doing this and this and this. So I definitely try to stay away from that um, term. Is there anything um, that you would do differently on your journey? Uh, oh, my first year was probably. Oh, it was bad. You know, I, I probably had so many. In entrepreneurship? Yes. Oh. I probably had so many um, 
days I was just like, no, this is it. God, you can't be telling me this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It ain't supposed to be this hard. So um, if you're talking about just my whole life journey, um, no, because I think that everything you go through, you learn from, mm-hmm. you know. As far as entrepreneurship, what would you say? But <coughs> I, I know. I, um, everything, like, I, I, I will say, I, you know, you might say, well, you shouldn't have hired this person, you shouldn't have hired this person. Right. But it, all bad hires taught me what not to do the next time, right. you know. Um, when I started it, because, like, like I told you, it just literally started in one day. I had no working capital. I used my credit cards. And mm-hmm. and um, some people say, well, you should have did this and should have. There's not a lot of capital available to, you know, minority business owners. I'm happy that I did use my credit cards because now my business is relatively low debt. Mm-hmm. So we that needs more profit, you know. So although at some point I was exceeding the, you know, 70% usage of my credit cards, they're paid now. But, you know, I didn't have to, you know, do crazy things to, to make sure it happened. So I don't regret anything right. on it. I probably, if I could have regret, I probably should have started about two, three years ago. I wish that the yeah. opportunity would have came up, but it came when it was supposed to come. Because exactly. by the time it came, my baby was four, you know, so he doesn't feel any neglect, you know, because I'm busy. I'm, I, I realize that. And mm-hmm. I know that sometimes I have to slow down. But no, I don't regret anything. And I'm still learning. We still are yes. learning. You know, I'm still learning. Um, I used to be like where if I had a difficult client, I would just eat that because I'm thinking like, well, that's income coming in. And now the year 2020 well, we might not just be a good fit for each other. Right. You know, Absolutely. and God bless to have a good day. Right. You know, I don't take any of my clients for, for granted, but sometimes you're just not a good fit for each other. Right. And I think that that's in growing and, and, and knowing because initially you want everybody, you take everybody and, you know, because you want to just keep mm-hmm. growing. Right. So I don't really have, um, right. I do have one regret. Okay. okay. The, my one regret is is that I got all this stuff started before talking to my husband. Mm. And so I came home and I was like, I started a business. That's my that is my biggest regret. What what, what did he say when you told him that? He was like, Oh wow, really? Like young husband's really laid back, mm. you know. Um <laughs> but I walked in the house like, bang, I started cleaning the business, we got a contract, we started Monday. He was like, Whoa, wait, I thought you just went to lunch. What happened? You know, but I'm because I'm like, when you, if I get a vision, I'm like, boom, boom, mm-hmm. you know, fast. And, 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 um, yeah, so that's probably my biggest regret. And I'm glad we got this on record so he right. can hear me say, sorry, baby. Right. But, <laughs> but because of me making this rash decision, it has been a tremendous blessing for us. Absolutely. So, you know, it wasn't a bad decision. I probably should have just talked to him first right. about it. But it's turning out great. Oh, absolutely. What would you say was like that? point where you knew like okay this business is going to sustain and eventually whenever I get ready to walk away from my nine to five I know I can do it first of the year our first year my sales because we started June 26th first year sales about 67 you know something like that last year sales 300,000 we already met that in June but at the first of the year when I was able to start paying myself what my job pays me I knew it then Mm. so I'm just waiting for this house to get built and then it's time, time to go. Once I realized I could pay everything, there's no worries, no stress, and I could pay my salary. What's my current salary? I knew then. Plus, I, I know that there's so much stuff that's left on the table 
because I'm not able to have my hands on it like I would. Like if I was in my office all day just working on contracts and employee development and stuff like that, there's no limit to what I know I'm going to do because I know what it has done in the, in the last two years. Right. Plus, I've said from the beginning, I got a million Facebook posts every time I talk about this. God has his hands on my business. Like yeah, this, like I he, he has taken care of me from day one. When before it was a thought, every time I feel like, you know, well, how am I gonna make this happen? I mean, it's been crazy times where I'm like, you know, I've had a property management owe me like ten, eleven thousand dollars. And that's big payroll, that's big money for me. And I'm like, if I don't get this check, then how am I gonna make payroll? And then if some something crazy happened and Thursday night I go check the post office box and then I got a check for that payroll. Mm. And then so after stressing about four or five times like that, and I'm like, I'm just gonna trust you guys. I know you right. got it because like he keeps making a way. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. What would you tell other entrepreneurs? We have a few more questions. We'll get ready to wrap it okay. up. What would you tell entrepreneurs who who want to pursue their dreams? I would tell them to research. Okay, um, there's a thing that I'm I'm actually in the midst of writing a book. Um, I got my, one on the way. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my book is on. Uh, basically, it's like um, starting up your business startup. You know, uh, I think that one of the things that our community kind of takes from granted is that we don't have the business of our business set up. You know, we we want to be bosses, but we don't have our business license or we don't have our, you know, articles of organization or we don't have our insurances and stuff. And so, like, when you go to these big contracts because you don't have that, you're not legitimate in some people's eyes. We lose out on opportunities. Main point this year, there was so much COVID money available to businesses that had filed their taxes, that had, you know, had business license, EIN numbers. And there's a lot of people that missed out on that money, like from the SBA or from the government, Mm -hmm. from grants from the city because they didn't have paperwork. So get your paperwork in line. You know, I'm doing a startup week. Um, Matter of fact, I'll give you the link to it. Um, I'm hosting a business one on one class called Let's Get It Started on October 19th. It's going to be a virtual event, but it's just teaching people how to go down, you know, Google, Google. I stayed on Google so much, just like, okay, comparing cleaning prices, comparing people's cleaning lists, what people, what customers wanted to happen and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So get the business of your business together first before you launch. We like to lunch and get the pets on the back. Right. Yes, yeah. you got a oh, business. Yeah. You're doing it big, yeah. But if somebody starts your business license, you don't have one. Right. So get the business of your business together. And I think that's something we need to teach each other, like uh, show them the ropes. Right. Something that you're doing. Because see, when I came through, I have I have some mentors now that you know that I love them. Like Stephanie Singfield, she's my State Farm agent. She's on the State Farm for you know for 16 years, but she's also like my big sister. My other sister Melinda Bone owns Chicken with Bones and Edible Ranger and stuff like that. My friend Carmen, that you know, just is in in her hands is in everything. She on everybody board and all that kind of stuff like that. She you know the owner founder of the Four Courses and stuff. I had people to throw stuff off of, so although they weren't in cleaning. They knew business and they knew contact. So I would call one of like, I'm thinking about this. And they would shoot me a contact. One of the things that I found, though, is I didn't have a cleaning mentor because we're so closed off to thinking that somebody's going to take something from us that we don't want to share. Right. And I don't have that. I don't have that spirit. So I've had some employees to leave and go out, you know, start a cleaning company. I'm like, all you have to do is ask me, baby. It's enough dirt out here for us all to win. I can give you all the contracts I don't want to do. I want to see us all win. So I think that we have to, our generation is responsible for making sure the generation behind us and even others, we need to teach each one, teach one. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't benefit that I know all this and I see you struggling because you don't know. 
And, and it, if God, much as much as given, much is required. Right. And it's just gonna set our community back if we don't help each other Absolutely. out. So that's why it's so important to uh, help each other out. Like I, I have people from time to time ask me about podcasting. The, the first thing I tell them is if you, they say I'm thinking about doing what should I do, I just tell them just get started. And then they'll ask me like far as equipment and different things like that. I'll send them some links and show them some stuff that I, I did to get started. But my main thing is like you have to get started. But like you said, do your research and and plan things out. Um, if you had to lay out a blueprint for entrepreneurship, what would your blueprint be? Ooh. Well, for me. Yes, it's for you. My blueprint would start with faith. Because, okay. you know, I think everything relies on my faith. And to whoever you pray to, that's who you pray to. Mm-hmm. Mine is God. And I think that everything starts with God, you know, and, and everything, every decision I make, I always pray first, you know, to see, is this what you want me to do? Lead me, show me how you want to go. I'm big on, you know, because God gave me the vision. He always gives the provisions to make the vision happen. OK, then secondly, because I am I have an accounting background and finance and business management, I'm real anal about paperwork and having your business together. You know how many of our you know celebrities and stuff that have are broke now because they had somebody else watching their money. Mm-hmm. Nobody watches my money what? but me. Not saying that, you know, once I get big, I might not have an accounting firm, but because I have an accounting background, why would I pay somebody to do what I can do? Right. Plus, I don't trust nobody with my money. That's how people have people writing checks off their accounts and they have no clue because they're not watching their money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm big on having your paperwork in line. And then um, one of the things, too, is that I feel like the blueprint is you have to be involved. This is yours. You can't just open a business and walk away from right. it. Like, but you got to have structure. You can't, I, we, we're hungry, we want to grind, we want to get it, we want to be big, but there needs to be some kind of structure because you can burn yourself out and you're not going to be no good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, have some balance. Make make connections. Don't be so closed off. You don't want to have, you know, friends or you're so scared. Like a lot of times I think we get so scared to tell people what we're doing because we think they're going to take the idea mm-hmm. from them. But I feel like what God has for me is for me. Absolutely. And what he has for you is for you. And if it's really mine, there's nothing you can do that can stop what I got going on. So Absolutely. those are just kind of things I just say, like lay out your foundation and just like, you know, stay on top. Like there's um, conventions for cleaning and stuff like people. I don't take this business as a hobby. It's not just something that brings me money. I take this thing serious. Now, it's crazy because this ain't what I want to do. Now, this wasn't what, you know, it right. accidentally happened. But once it happened, I became serious about it. I'm looking at certifications. There's a big trade show out in Vegas I was going to go to with and they canceled it for COVID and stuff like that. You know, I'm finding out the best equipment, you know, because I don't want my people broke down because they only need scrubbing with there's a machine that can do it and stuff right. like that. So I don't take this lightly. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to put all the ships in. I put it all in. Because I'm going to leave that job at some point. Right. And this is what's going to take care of me. It's going to put my kids through college. It's going to get my retirement. and going to do all that kind of stuff. I think that sometimes when we get into it, we we halfway in. Like, you wouldn't believe the way I handle my business, you would think that this is what I want to do all my life. Like, mm-hmm. no. But I'm real serious about the business of it. And I'm real serious about 
being professional. That's one thing that I keep pushing into my team all the time. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, Absolutely. how can I do this? What would you like me to do? We're not going to be hood. We're not going to be stereotypical. We're not going to be right. any of that. We're going to be professionals. We got, you know, uniforms and stuff. That's another thing that I would, you know, encourage people to do. If you're going to cut grass, cut grass in a t-shirt that's got your name on it. Mm-hmm. I always, besides today, normally, I would have an absolute, anytime I walk out right. my house, I got my business shirt on. I got my jacket yeah. or whatever. It's a little warm here. <laughs> anytime I come, anywhere I go, I go to the grocery store, my mask got PCS cleaning mm-hmm. on it because that's just what it is. You know, I'm going to be my biggest marketer. So. Absolutely. Because like, we'll, we'll wear anything else like a Gucci Lure and, and promote those brands and but we won't we won't wear our own. I like, wear my I'm telling you, oh, listen, yeah. now it's time, it's gonna be time to clean, get clean. Right. But um, because you know, once y'all told me this was visual, I had to go. I was looking a mess before that. But anytime, like running payroll, getting supplies, wherever I go, I always got a PC is cleaning shirt on, t-shirt. My kids got them, got you know, husband, put that shirt on. Absolutely. We're the best, you know, the best. You see any of my Instagram shots, nine times I see I'm gonna have a PC shirt on. I'm just everyday day living. Mm-hmm. That's what I got on. Few, few more questions and we're almost done. You said something before we got on camera. You said prosper in the pandemic. Correct. Talk about that. Uh, that what do you say? You so, um, Pastor uh, Chris Sands, he's like one of my uh, my big little brothers. And so he started saying at the beginning of the year where he said that 2020 was going to be the year of consecutive wins. And so it's just like a hashtag that we just adapted, like consecutive wins, all 2020. And me and my friend Carmen, we had a joke where, and get my other friend Gideon, where we had, the, there's this girl with this huge bag. And we was like, these are the type of bags we're going to be getting all 2020. Mm-hmm. So then the pandemic came. And then everybody was like, oh, worried. And then, like I said, all, April came and it just blew up. So then I was like, okay, so we just prospering in the pandemic. And that just became our little hashtag because... You know, most people think that pandemic, everything's going to end, you know, your business is going to lose. And it's just been the complete opposite for me. I've I've been busier than we were before. You know, I've been more prosperous than I've been before, you know, blessed. So that's just that's the hashtag. prospering. A blessing in the sky. Definitely. Who would have thought that? Right. (laughs) Uh, This is the like I said, this cross the line podcast. This is a self-investment tour. So I'm asking all the entrepreneurs that come on. What does self-investment mean to you? Okay. Betting on myself. Um, I don't rely on anybody else to do it. You know, um, I do it well, my family, me and my husband. This is our business, so we 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 do everything ourselves. Nobody can say, I've had offers. You know, I've had some some big offers that, you know, people wanna some of them want to be behind the scenes and invest because they want to return, and some of them want to be, you know, just completely come in and take over. And I'm like, now nah, this is us. So it's just us. I put my blood, sweat, and tears in my business. That's self-investment. I, and no one can tell you they do anything for PCS. Because Sharon does the marketing. She does the emailing. She does the scheduling. She does the payrolling. She does. I do all of it. You know, I do the, the post. That's why I was telling you earlier. I got behind on posting right. all the houses. Because you keep, like, you get tired of saying the same hashtag. But I, that's the self-investment. I, there's a, I sacrifice time for my family sometimes for my business. But it's worth it because in the long run, it's benefiting us. So that's the self, what self-investment is to me. Absolutely. And my final question, uh, your future endeavors, like what other um, business goals do you have? So, um, which is really crazy. And it's a byproduct of, like, we were um, we were just at, me and my friend was at a, uh, another, my own own business. And I was just, like, giving her the knowledge that I knew about the city grants and the benefits that it had for businesses. 
And just that, that lady said, this is what you need to start doing. You need to start teaching. So after I finish this book that I should have finished a month ago, <laughs> I'm going to start, um, I guess, I won't say motivational speaking, but I want to start teaching classes to teach people how to get their business in line, That's how great. to get their uh, DBE certification, so that the minority, you know, business certification, so that when they go down to the city, they have all the boxes checked. So, because it's so much money that this city and other cities have for minority businesses, but because we don't Google or look into it, we don't know, mm -hmm. and they don't always offer it and put it out there for you to know. And I just took advantage of all of them, and I'm somebody. As soon as the reset button comes on for the next one, I'm ready. Like, you ready? What you need, a PowerPoint presentation? You need my business plan? You know, I had one of the guys from the city say, I mean, Miss Green, you know, what else are you going to I'm getting everything that's on the table. I'm not leaving nothing. Y'all giving it out. I want it all. So that's what I want to do next. I'm going to get the business book out. Then I want to start, like, maybe hosting classes to teach people how to do this. Because, like, it's so many people that just don't know because exactly. they don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's I think that's gonna be next. A set of books on that and some classes, maybe some pod, well podcasts or you know online learning or virtual learning you or something. It. Just teaching that. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I definitely I definitely want to get the book. Oh, I also sorry. I mean, I have um, my lawyers is working on franchises because I've been offered some opportunities where there's some people that want to franchise the business. Mm -hmm. So, but the whole franchising setup takes about a year or so. So that might be something else that's in my future. Yeah. So that'll be something you wouldn't want to look to taking back home, like to Alabama. Okay, so listen, <laughs> me and my uncle, we were actually talking. I initially had got ready to open one up in what's name in Columbus, Georgia. That was right across my lungs. But I'm so very protective of my brand mm -hmm. that I wanted to make sure I had time to go down there and set it up how I wanted to set it up. So there definitely will be one in Columbus, Georgia. One of the people that want to also franchise it is located in Atlanta. And then I was talking to someone last night that wants to be on the other side of Atlanta. So I can see franchises popping up like in, within the next year or so. Um, one of the things to do the franchise, we had to get my trademark. So we're waiting for the trademark, to, you know, a committee to approve my trademark. So nobody can use my logo, my name or anything like right. that. And then we're going to move forward with that. So I can see this multiple places. So franchising is definitely in our future. Like, I'm going to be the queen of clean real soon. Absolutely. I look forward to <laughs> I'm it. I'm already the queen, but I'm going to be everywhere. You got it. Bring it to South Carolina. Correct. That's where we are. Um, definitely going to get the book because I, I love reading books. Okay. I got a stack of books. I, remind me, I have to show you my um, book cover. My, okay. Definitely. Mine is in the process. Uh, hopefully, the plan is, uh, I have. I don't think I have told too many people this. Um, the plan is to have it out by March, okay. uh, hopefully around my birthday. But I, I definitely got to show you that book, okay. the cover of it and everything. But um, Miss Sherrod, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and interview with us. We really enjoyed it. Um, you're a gem to the community. Um, any way we can help you out, please let us know. Um, but we definitely greatly appreciate you for taking the time to sit with us. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how to find you? Okay, we are on Facebook at PCS Cleaning. We are on Instagram at Professional Cleaning TN. My website is professionalcleaningtn.com. And um, the telephone number is 423-521-2781. Absolutely. So also, okay. because it's been a pleasure on my behalf too, I want to sponsor your next show. So we'll talk numbers oh, when you get off. Thank you so much. We no appreciate problem. it. So hopefully everybody you enjoyed this um, episode. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is the Cross the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.